Man, the Lord's already been at work today in some beautiful ways. And I just love the end of a year, the end of a, a, a season. I feel like we become, when things come to an end, you become very aware. Um, I think it puts us in a different place of thinking, a different place of awareness. Um, and we're really coming to the end, not just of a year, but of a decade. And I, I love what uh, Janet has shared when, when we were leading earlier this morning and said, think back over the last 10 years of your life, where you were and where you are today, what the Lord has done. Has anyone seen the faithfulness of God over this last decade? Some of you, you weren't supposed to be here, right? Some of you, you there was something that happened in the last decade that you never thought you'd see 2020. And here you are. God has been faithful. He sustained you. He's led you through. Praise God. And so we're excited about what God's doing and what's open before us as we enter into a new decade and into a new year and into a new season. And, uh, but what I also like to do at the end of a year is I like to look back on the year that was uh, before us, the year that has just passed. And when I think about that, I have seen the hand of God do some amazing things in 2019. Does anyone else agree? You've seen God move. You've seen God do something in your life. Uh, you have reason to praise him coming through this year. Some of you, you've said, man, I can't wait to get into a new year because this year has been full of challenges and, and struggles. And, and uh, we're believing God for greater things as we move into the new year. Well, as we look back as a church, we've also seen the hand of God in some amazing ways. And when we get into January, we always will take some time to share with you some of the celebrations and some of the amazing things the Lord has done over the last year. But I want to just share a few things that come to my heart and mind when I think about the year that just passed uh, behind us. One of them was the way that we were able, church, to really be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, just a few months ago in, in October, we left our seats and hit the streets for service for service. And, and, and so many of you stepped out of your comfort zone, stepped out into serving Jesus, and we saw his love transforming the communities around us. We're seeing God moving in missions in some of the ways Maria had shared. We see people that were dying because they didn't have access to clean water. Now alive, children that used to walk and have to spend their entire days just going to fetch water for their families now have a clean water well right in their backyard. And those children are released to go to school, to have a hope, to have a future, to have uh, jobs, and to have so much. We have mom, mamas that were not able to get to the hospital because it was 17 miles away. And some would even die before they would give birth to their children because they didn't have access to, uh, to a clinic or to any kind of medical treatment. Now they have a clinic and hospital right there in their village. And we see people whose lives are literally being saved, and it's all being done in the name of Jesus. Amen? <clears throat> Communities are never going to be the same. But you have no idea the generational impact that just happened just this year because of the kingdom work that we were a part of. God did more than we could ever think or imagine. And uh, we're excited. We're seeing more and more people get connected in small groups. We broke 500 people involved in small groups this year. We've never been at that place before. Can we praise God for that if you've been a part of that? But trust me, we're not done. We're believing for more as we get into uh, 
2020, and so much so that right after this service, Pastor Roy's having a vision meeting for small groups. So if you're interested in potentially opening your home or being a part of the more that we believe God's going to do in 2020 and beyond, then stop by over in the overflow. I'd love to see you there. Uh, we've seen over 1,200 people, new people, walk through our doors as guests in 2019, just over this last year. Can we praise God? Some of you are here today. You visited at some point, and you decided that Evangel would be home for you. You sensed God was doing something and drawing you. We are so glad that you're here. And um, one of the things that I believe is making all this possible, one of the main things is this priority on prayer that God has birthed in our hearts, that we're truly learning what it means to be, a, instead of being a church with prayer, to be a church of prayer, to be a house of prayer, to allow that to be the foundation of what we do. And so we have our prayer meeting every Wednesday night, and I believe that is the furnace, that is a place of fire, that is a place where God's meeting us and moving, and I believe it's bringing every other thing into existence in, in our body. And as we place the first things first, I promise you, when God is first, everything else comes into order. We talked about that, right? When you put God in that first place. And so as we come to the end of this year, I want to share a message with you about how we're going to put God first moving into this new decade. Because I believe the way that we begin, the way we wind down this year, and, and ultimately run into 2020, that we're going to see the power of God. We're going to see the Lord do more than we can imagine. I keep saying the word more because that was the word for this year for our church, that we believe that God was calling us to more. And so we leaned into that word. We prayed. We spent 21 days of prayer and fasting to begin 2019. And God just began to speak and give vision and insight. And we saw God fulfill that word more in every way we could ever imagine, in more ways than we could imagine. Today we're sitting in a sanctuary with more capacity. That happened just this last year. We made room for more. And God has been bringing more people to experience the life-changing power of Christ uh, every single week. This word more has taken root in our hearts and in many ways we preached about it and shared but as we come to the end of the year I believe God is not done there's still more on the horizon come on would you turn to your neighbor and just tell them there's more there's more there's more God wants to do you know when I look back over this year um, we we started this year with that season of prayer and fasting and for me personally I stretched myself in prayer and fasting in a way that I've never done in my life and I felt the Lord was just calling me to, to take a deeper step with him. And so I shared that with my wife, and, um, and I entered into that season of fasting and prayer differently than I've ever done before. And as we were praying and seeking the Lord, about a week or so into the fast, the Lord started to put things on my heart that I began to pray for. Some personal things, some things in our life, and our family, things that we we're going to believe the Lord for. And I just felt like he was calling us to step into. And so I began to share these things with my wife. And I said, man, this is what I think the Lord's saying is going to happen in the next, uh, in, the, in the year that's ahead of us. And I believe by the end of this year, uh, this is what the Lord's going to do. And she looked at me with wide eyes. She laughed like Sarah laughed at Abraham when he said she was going to give birth to a child. She was like, Chris, you're crazy. We've been, for this one area right here, I mean, we've been talking about that for years, and that's not happened. And we tried that before, and that didn't, you know. And she just went through the list, and I said, honey, I just feel this deep sense that as we're seeking the Lord for more, as we're pursuing him with more of ourselves, that the Lord's going to do this. And so we just set our hearts on that, and we walked forward in faith. Can I tell you that the Lord fulfilled every one of those things by the end of April? Everything that we thought it wasn't until the end of the year it was by the end of April. And we're sitting there, and we're like, Lord, look at what you've done. Do you know what happened? I, I, I think I was too short-sighted for God. I'm like, God, you can't do that in a whole year. And he's like, give me three months and watch what happens. 
And then here I am for the rest of the year thinking, okay, the whole list happened. Um, so here's what I'm doing. I'm saying, Lord, there's more that you want to do than I can imagine and that I can ask for, Lord. And I just, want, I just want to be a part of everything you have for me. I don't want to limit you in any way, Lord. I want to see where you want me to go, and I want to follow you into it boldly. I want to look at this verse together. Um, we're going to put it on the screen, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And I want us all to read these words loud, Okay. So this is, a, this is something I want us all to do. This is what we do in the prayer meeting every Wednesday night. We read a verse of Scripture aloud. So read it with me out loud. Ready? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Praise God for this word. Amen? This is a promise of who Jesus is and what he does. And now to him who is able to do what? immeasurably more than what? Than all we ask or could even imagine. This is what God can do. This is what Christ can do. But here's what he can't do. He doesn't do it in our strength. It isn't about what we can do. It isn't about us. It happens what? According to his power that is at work within us. Here's what I want you to know. The more his power is at work within you, is the immeasurably more that you're going to see flowing through your life. And if you're going to focus on anything going into 2020, don't focus on the more around you. Focus on the more of Christ's power within you. And if you focus on that, I promise you the Lord's going to do more than you can ask, more than you can imagine in your life. Are you with me? So here's what I want to talk about today. How can we learn to follow Jesus into the more that he's talking about in his word. So we're going to talk about following Jesus into more, into the more that he has for us in this life. And I promise you this, that the only way you're going to experience the fullness of what God has for your life is by following Jesus. If you are not fully committed to following Jesus with your life, then you're going to only experience a portion of all that God has for you. You can't experience the fullness without following Jesus. It's all about him. And I promise you this, the more focused you become on following Jesus, the more you'll see the more that God has for you. It doesn't work any other way. Because I want you to know, it is not according to your power, your good ideas, who you are, how nice you are how many good things you do, it's only according to his power that's at work within you. And his power is only at work within you to the extent that you're following after Jesus. Do you see how Jesus said to, and we shared in that worship moment, that he gave his disciples authority. Sometimes we can get confused and think that that's our authority. That's his authority flowing through our lives. And that only happens out of relationship with Christ. Jesus said, apart from him, what can we do? we got to remain connected. He said, I'm like, I'm the vine, you are the branches. That is continual connection. Do you think that a branch can grow if it decides just one hour a week on Sundays it's going to get connected to the vine? And then all the rest of the week it's going to go do whatever it wants to do? How do you think that that branch would do? Some of you are like, okay, I just figured out what the problem is, Pastor. I just figured out what, why 2019 was 2019. Because we're trying to walk in the power of Christ and we're not staying connected to Christ. We're, we haven't made it the, the number one priority of our lives to really follow Jesus and pursue him every day, all the time with our lives. Not just with one day a week, not just with a few hours, not just with a few moments every now and again. But saying, Lord, I'm following you. I'm all in here. I'm not turning back. I'm not going to be distracted anymore by the things of this world or by other competing priorities. Lord, I'm in. 
And I want you to know the more that you're willing to do this and you're saying, Lord, I'm following into everything you have for me, the more you're going to see his power at work in you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one experiences the more except through Christ. So if we're going to follow Jesus, this is this word, this invitation that he gives to his disciples, to those who look to him. He says, come and follow me. And I, I want you to know this is what he's invited every one of us to today. That every one of you that would say, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a, I, I, I belong to Jesus, he's my Lord, he's my Savior. If that's you, then you are meant to follow Jesus with your life. That's what it means to be a disciple. That's what it means to be a Christian. It means you're one who follows Christ. You're one who follows Jesus. And so if you're going to follow Jesus, he gives us some things that we have to continually weigh and understand if we're going to follow him. The first thing you have to do is you have to overcome a lie that this world will tell you. And I'm sorry that someone may, may have lied to you, but some people have said, if you follow Jesus, everything's going to be great. There'll never be any problems. You'll never have any challenges. How many of you ever heard that? Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. And that's very confusing because as soon as you go through a problem, you think, man, maybe I'm following the wrong person because I thought that if I followed Jesus, everything was going to be sunshine and rainbows and lollipops and, and it was going to be beautiful. And I thought I would have a Bentley by now and a big house and all these other things because that's what the person told me. But that's not, the, that's not the truth of the gospel. Do you know what Jesus said? In this life, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. But then what does he say? But take heart, because I've overcome the world, because I'm already victorious. This is important because as Jesus is talking to his disciples, he has to continually make them aware that if they're going to follow him, it's not always going to be easy. It won't always be easy, but I promise you this, it will always be worth it. Say that with me. It won't always be easy. It won't always be easy, but it will always be worth it. It'll always be worth it. Come on, can someone test? I need someone here that's been walking with the Lord for a while. Can you testify to that? Can you say yes, amen? Come on, somebody, stand to your feet right now if you believe that to be true right now. Come on, somebody, that's the truth of God's word. That it's not always going to be easy, but it's always going to be worth it when we follow the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, you're faithful. You're faithful. You know why somebody's standing around you right now? Because they are saying, I'm a witness to that. I know that to be true in my life. It's not always been easy, but it's always worth it. Someone around you needs to see that right now. That just gave someone the faith to continue in their journey. Amen? Amen. You can be seated. We're going to read God's word right now. Let's get into it. Man, I'm excited for, for what God's going to do what he wants to say to us. He gave the, the disciples a, a difficult lesson in this passage of Scripture. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. Here's what he says to his disciples, starting in verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. In verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Jesus began to rebuke, uh, be, be rebuked by Peter. Can you imagine that? He says, this will never happen to you. Never, Lord. This will never happen. You know why? Because he got this idea in his mind. He saw Jesus raise the sick to life and even raise the dead. And it's like, you're telling me you're going to suffer? No, 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 no. That's not how this story is supposed to go. And so it's so easy because the temptation is that if we're following Jesus, everything's going to be okay. 
It's going to be no problems. But Jesus said, no, you don't get it. Every step we take from here going forward is going to be a step into more and more suffering, into more and more challenges. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Because as we go to that place, and you're going to think the ultimate defeat has happened, that's when the greatest victory is going to spring forth. Some of you need to see this example of what Christ has done because he said again and again, in this world you will have trouble. But even if you go through the deepest suffering in the most difficult valley in your life, you keep holding on to Jesus because breakthrough will come. There will be difficulty. It can get dark. It can get challenging. But if you continue to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, you will see that a moment will come and you least expect it and breakthrough into the more happens. This is how it works as we follow Christ. And he's trying to condition his disciples to see if you follow me, it's not always going to be easy. You're going to see the same challenges. The same way that they, that they come against me, they're going to come against you. It's going to happen, but keep your eyes fixed on me. Don't stop following me. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. There's more. He's spoken to their hearts. He's spoken to their lives. And Jesus hears this, and Peter comes and says, this is never going to happen, Jesus. Everything's going to be great. But look what Jesus turned to Peter and said. He said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Do you want to know what the greatest stumbling block is in your life right now? For some of us, it is that we have merely human concerns in the front forefront of our minds. We are only trying to see things through our own lens, through our own flesh, through our own selfish desires. And we're only looking for comfort and security. We're looking for ourselves to be protected. And I want you to know this will be a stumbling block for you in your faith. Because if you think it's always going to be easy, if you think that, man, I'm only going to follow Jesus until something bad happens, then you're not going to follow him very far. And you're going to bear the name Christ or Christian, but you're not going to experience the more because you've stopped somewhere in the journey when it got difficult. But if you want to experience some more, you've got to be ready to go through the challenge, to go through the fires, to go through everything and keep your hands on Jesus. And he'll show you. He could do more through you than you could ever imagine. And sometimes through the fiery furnace of affliction, of challenge, of, of storms, that the Lord bursts the most beautiful things in someone's heart and life. I see it happening all the time. But those I, I talk to and minister to about it, they don't always like it. And guess what? Your pastor doesn't like it either when I'm going through the storm. But we need to remind each other, amen? We need to encourage each other in the midst of those seasons. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. God's doing something. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't give up. Don't throw it in. Just keep running after him. Here's what Jesus then says to his disciples, and he says it to every one of us today. If anyone wants to be my disciple, he must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life is going to lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. This is the hard saying of Jesus that cuts through all of this other stuff that can get us so confused. This is the heart of the gospel. <clears throat> if you want to save your life, if you want to preserve your status, if you want to just think for yourself and your own selfish desires, eventually you're going to lose all of it. But if you're willing to lay all that aside for the sake of Jesus and saying, Lord, my life is not my own. Lord, I'm following you. Where are we going? Lord, what do you want to do? Lord, where do you want to lead me? What do you want to say? That when you do that, you find the life that Jesus has for you. 
Jesus said, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and life abundant. I've come to give you a different kind of life, the life that comes from him. How do we get there, though? Deny ourselves. Denying ourselves is decreasing. Denying ourselves is pushing away the flesh. There are things that your flesh wants. The Bible says we have flesh and we have spirit. And as we look at our flesh, our flesh is our selfishness. Our flesh is our sinfulness. Our flesh wants to gratify itself. It's this hunger, this longing for stuff. And often that stuff isn't in line with what God wants for you. And so as we reach for that and as we long for that, the Bible says don't walk in the flesh. Walk in the spirit of God. Because now that you belong to Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells within you and he can lead and guide you in God's right way. So don't walk according to the flesh. Walk according to the Spirit. If you're walking according to the Spirit, you're following Jesus. If you're walking according to the flesh, it's going to take you off that path, lead you into destruction, lead you into challenges. But we have to be willing to deny ourselves, meaning we have to push aside those things, the things that are trying to distract, the things that are getting in the way, the things that are causing us to stumble, the things that are tripping us up, or even standing in the way of our progress in Christ. And then we take up our cross, meaning that we actually take on ourselves the responsibility of following Jesus. Jesus says take up your cross means that we're in relationship with him, that we're literally looking to follow him with everything we have. We're saying, Lord, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I bear your name. I bear your love. Lord, I, I follow you wherever you lead me. Lord, my life is not my own. That's what it means to take up your cross and then follow him. So this idea of decreasing Decrease is one of the most important things you need, we need to learn as followers of Jesus because we don't have room in our lives for the more that he wants to bring in if we're so full of the junk that we shouldn't be carrying. Are you with me? Some of us, we have so filled our lives to overflowing and now we want more. And God says, you're not ready for more. Not because I don't love you. It's because you have no room in your life to experience the more that I have for you because you're holding on to so much. Lay it down. Lay it aside. You know, my, my family and I, we go through this strategic exercise with our kids. Every time we come to certain holidays and we just had Christmas and during Christmas, there are some new gifts that show up under, uh, around the tree and in our family and our kids get some gifts and they have some grandparents and other relatives that really love them and want to give them great things. And, and so they make their list and what we do is we go through a process and we say, hey, how are we going to have more if we don't even have room for some of the stuff we have now. Maybe we need to decrease. And so we go through and we say, hey, what toys do you want to kind of part way with? Because we got to make room for more here. And so we, we, we talk about that and, we, and they go through and they pick out some things and those get donated or given to someone else or whatever the case might be. But we want to teach that because it's really, really important because I think as adults we've forgotten that idea. We just want more and more and more, but we're still holding on to a lot of stuff that's of no use to us right now in this life and where God's calling us to. We're carrying too much baggage. Are you with me? Jesus says, I want to give you more, but I need you to decrease. I need this stuff to decrease. Here's the way that John the Baptist said it in John chapter 3. He says this about Jesus. He must become greater. I must become less. And I want you to know that if you are serious about following Jesus, this has to be the tagline of your life. He must become greater and I must become less. Do you want to make your first goal for 2020? Make it this. Jesus must become greater. I must become less. <clears throat> I must decrease. He must increase. And so here's the question coming into this year, coming out of 2019. 
as you're really seriously getting ready to experience the more that Christ has for you, here's the question I want you to ask yourself. What needs to decrease so Jesus can increase in 2020? If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. If you have your um, bulletin with you, write it on the back of the bulletin. I want you to put this somewhere. I want you to pray seriously about it over the next week. And as we get into the fast, I want you to begin to really pray and seriously ask the Lord, Lord, what needs to decrease so that you can increase in this next year? Because I promise you that if he increases, his power at work within you increases. And if that increases, that's how you begin to see and experience the more that he has for you. It's not just the stuff. It's about his power working through you and in you. And so when we think about what needs to increase and what will increase, the things that need to increase in our lives is we need to see an increase in really hearing from him, an increase in his word, in reading his word. Do you know what's... What's one of the things that you might see needs to decrease is your time watching television, watching shows, watching things, consuming from there. You know everything intricately about the lives of fake people that don't even exist and nothing about what the Lord wants to show you. Amen? We don't know any of this stuff about his word and what has happened and who he is, but we know all kinds of things, and we're following the drama of that. Get into the word. You'll see it's pretty dramatic. You want to see some things that will cause your hair to start reading some of these Old Testament passages. You'll see some things that will make your head, your head spin, you know. Get consumed in his word. Hear from him. Amen? Some of us, we become so consumed. We're so full of what the world thinks right now because we have this thing called social media, which is more poison than I think we even know. I think it fills us with all kinds of things. It's like, a, it's like an IV that's just dripping stuff into us, and some of it's very toxic. Some of it's very unhealthy. Some of it's very divisive, and it's, it's causing all kinds of issues. And here we are, and we're seeing what everyone thinks about it, and we're wondering what everyone, what's their opinion about this, and what's that, and we're, we can get consumed. We can spend hours and hours in a given week hearing what the world thinks about stuff. And we spend no time figuring out what God thinks about stuff by just being in his word. Think about that. Hold up the time we spend in social media, the time we're spending in the word, the time we're spending hearing about God, listening, meditating on his truth. What needs to decrease so Jesus can increase? You don't like that. Everyone got really quiet. Is that the sound of a million apps being deleted on people's phones? This is it. I'm telling you, this, this is it. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's pretty simple in the sense of some of these core areas in our lives. These are what needs to increase. But I promise you, you're not going to read the word anymore if you still are doing the same things you've been doing with your time. There needs to be a shift. There needs to be a reprioritization. What is first as we go into this new year? Because when you make your first things first, God will put everything else in order. When he's first, everything else comes into alignment. Jesus said this as we look in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these other things will be given unto you. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And you know what Jesus said? He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. That's why as we get into the new year, we, we take part in this three-week season called Hunger and Thirst. Because what we're doing is we're hungering and thirsting for his righteousness. We're seeking his kingdom and we're seeking his righteousness. And as we do that, you know what he does? He adds all these other things. He takes care of everything else. Instead of coming into the year and saying, I've set my goals. I know what I want to do. Don't do that. 
You can, you can set all your goals, then you get to the end of it, and you can figure out what you've done in your own strength in 2020, and it'll be a lot like 2019 or 2018. But do something different in 2020, in this new decade. Don't figure out what you want to do. Figure out what God wants to do in you. Figure out what God wants to do through you. And just say, Lord, what do you want? And if you spend the first month, these first weeks of 2020, just on your face before God, seeking him, drawing near in his word, hearing from him, you'll be amazed what he'll show you and how your life will change as a result of it. This is what it means to follow Jesus into the more, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, to follow him, for us to decrease and him to increase. Jesus says, if you keep my commands, you remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I'll invite the worship team to come forward. You know, as we begin this new year, we're going to begin it in a way that we have over the last few years, with prayer and fasting. I just want to describe this for just a moment. (coughs) Can I have a water there? We think about prayer. We pray. We pray on Wednesday nights, but this is a time of focused prayer where we will pray, we'll have some specific areas that we as an entire church will be praying for. And prayer is the place where we connect with God. It's where we draw near to him, where we set our focus on him. So we'll spend more concentrated times in prayer each day and during those weeks, and we'll have special prayer meetings on Wednesday nights where we'll all gather together and just believe God to do some great things. And so that will happen. Prayer is the place where faith grows. The more you pray, the more you see God move, the more your faith and your walk with him begins to take on a different form. But then there's this discipline called fasting, and fasting is very biblical. Fasting is this idea of abstaining from food to partake in the Lord in a special way. And so you'll see literally turning aside the plate, turning aside food, turning aside eating in a pursuit of seeking God in a deeper way. Fasting helps us realign our appetites You know why? Because we hunger. Not just for food, we hunger for a lot of things. And here's what happens. Whenever you begin to push down your hunger for food and say, no, I'm bringing that under the Lord's leadership. I'm I'm going without because I want to come before the Lord in a deeper way. You'll find that as your physical appetite starts to, to change, your spiritual appetite starts to change. And before long, you really learn. Jesus said, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from God your hunger changes. And you start to say, you know what? Here's what I realized through fasting. I realized that God can do more through me than I thought I could do, that, that God's put more strength within me than I, than I thought. I thought I could only fast for a certain extended way, but the Lord brought me further than I ever imagined because I was just very, very reliant on him. The Lord teaches you things in seasons of fasting and prayer, but the Lord also brings incredible breakthrough. You'll see in God's word over and over and over again that when people came to specific seasons, moments of culmination, moments of significance, moments that were right before an incredible breakthrough, people would commit themselves to prayer and fasting. And as we get into a brand new decade, a brand new year, I couldn't think of a better way for us to begin 2020 than by prayer and fasting and seeking the face of God. For three weeks, we're going to give you a lot of resources on our website about how you can partake in that, some options, opportunities for you to consider, prayer points. But I want to see every one of us participate in this fast to really go deeper with the Lord. It's not something I want from you. It's something I want for you. It's been amazing because there's a theme, a spiritual theme that's really resonating across our land. And I just learned about it this weekend. But there's something called the Roaring Twenties. Remember the the 1920s? They called it the Roaring Twenties. 
Well, as we get into 2020, someone has called it the Roaring Twenties Fast, that they want to see revival break out all across our land. And they're calling for a million young people to enter into fasting for the beginning part of the year. Isn't that powerful? And just to think that as that's happening, we are going to be entering into fasting. And I just believe the Lord's going to do something powerful, amazing in our midst because all of the hearts of believers all over are becoming aligned to seek the face of God. And as we seek him, we're going to find him in some amazing ways. So I want to ask you that question. Are you ready to jump into that? Are you ready to participate in all that God has for you? If you are, the question is what needs to decrease so that he can increase? Would you stand to your feet with me right now? And I want us to pray for just a few moments. Close your eyes with me. Just bow your heads. In this moment, I want you to ask that question one more time. What needs to decrease, Lord, so that you could increase? And I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to do something specific. The Bible says that he comes to convict us. And conviction isn't a bad thing. It is uncomfortable, but it's a good thing. It's worth it. It's where the Lord, by his Holy Spirit, puts his finger on areas and he convicts us of them. And some of these things are things that are sinful. They're things that don't please the heart of God. And what happens is you may have known a long time ago that it wasn't right in God's sight, whatever it was. Maybe you're living a certain way. Maybe you're in a certain relationship. Maybe you're partaking in things. No one else knows about it, but, but you know it's wrong. You know it doesn't please God. But over time, you've gotten very comfortable, and now you've almost justified it, and you don't feel it anymore. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit right now. We're serious about following Jesus. Amen? So we're going to say, Lord, if we're going to follow you, there's some things that need to decrease, and we're going to lay it aside. So we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to convict us. Say, put your finger on these areas. What doesn't please you, Lord? And as we do that, you're going to feel some things. You're going to start to sense there are things that are going to come right to your heart. And those are things the Lord's inviting you to be free from. He's inviting you to lay at his feet, to repent of, meaning to turn away from them. And you just ask the Lord to come in. He's faithful to forgive you, whatever that might be, but you got to be willing today to walk away from it and say, Lord, I lay it aside and I lay myself at your feet, Lord. And I ask you to lead me and to guide me. So if you're here and you hear that right now, Lord, speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. What are those areas? Some of you are feeling it right now. You know exactly what that is. You know it doesn't please the Lord. Are you willing to bring it to him right now? If you are, you just begin to put your hands out in front of you and just begin to take a posture of surrender. Just begin to speak to the Lord and say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me today. I lay this down before you. Come on, talk to the Lord. Don't worry about the person on your left, on your right. Just speak to the Lord right now in this moment and just lay these things down. Don't carry this into a new decade. Don't carry this junk any further. Lay it at the feet of Jesus and allow him to lead you into freedom like you've never experienced before. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I hear the sound of chains falling, Lord God, as your people call upon you today. Come on, call upon the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some of you today, you feel conflicted because there's some things that you feel the Lord's drawing to your attention. They're not sinful things. They're not bad things. In fact, you've seen them as very good things. But man, you just feel like he keeps putting that right in front of you. And perhaps the Lord's inviting you to lay that aside because it's standing in the way of the more that he has for you. And so today, maybe there's something that's coming to your heart, your mind. The Lord's convicting you of this. And right now, you've got to be willing to ask the Lord. If he's asking you to do something with that, lay it aside, surrender it, sacrifice, whatever it looks like, you lay that before him right now. And we're going to ask for him to speak clearly to your heart, to your life. 
There are times like Isaac, if you remember in the Old Testament, Abraham had his only son. He loved his son. God loved his son. But the Lord asked him at one point, he said, bring Isaac and sacrifice and lay him down. And it wasn't because the Lord didn't love Isaac or didn't want Isaac there. It was really a test of the heart because Abraham loved Isaac maybe more than he needed to, and he needed to love the Lord and trust the Lord with everything. And so the Lord might be asking you in the same way just to lay aside something because it's going to stand in the way of your pursuit of him. And so if that's you and you're sensing what that might be, I want to pray for you as well. That as we enter into this new year, if the Lord makes that clear, that you're going to be willing to walk confidently and boldly into everything he has for you. So if that's you and the Lord's been speaking in any of these areas, maybe there's areas you know you have to turn from some sins, some issues, some, some things that are holding you up and standing in the way. Maybe there's some things that are good, but you feel the Lord's just convicting you right now and you have to, you have to fully surrender to him. Whatever it is, if that's you and, and you're sensing the Lord speaking, just lift your hands all around this room and we're going to pray right now. Lord Jesus, we call upon you right now, Lord God. We hear your voice, Lord God. We hear you speaking into our hearts. And Lord, we see you just pointing out some areas, Lord, that you want to to be free from, things that you want us to lay before you, things you want to reprioritize in our lives. And Lord, we ask you, come right now, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do, Lord God. Speak to our hearts, Lord God, and help us to follow you into the more that you have for us, Lord God. It won't be easy, Lord, but it will always be worth it when we follow you, Lord God. And I'm asking you today, Lord God, to pour out your presence, to pour out your grace, Lord God, to pour out the more that you have for each one of us. Lord, we're going to seek you like never before as we enter into this new decade. And we ask you, Lord God, to pour out your presence and do immeasurably more in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. God's good. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward if a few of our prayer workers are here. I want to tell you one more thing before you leave. At our Christmas services, we had this book that we made available. We debuted it last Sunday. This is a book called Following Jesus. And maybe you're here today. And you've heard all about following Jesus, but you've never really taken a step to follow him. You've raised your hand at one point in time. You've said a prayer, but that's where it's ended for you. Man, I want to help you follow Jesus with everything you have in you as we enter into this new year. And so our prayer team is going to be here in the front. We'll have a few people. And if you are just beginning a relationship with Jesus, if you recently prayed a prayer to accept him or you did it while in the past, but you've never taken any steps forward, I'd love to give you this book as a gift. It gives you seven steps you could take to really pursue Jesus with your life and follow him. And that's what this is all about. So if that's you, come forward. We'd love to pray with you and put this in your hands and uh, and you're free to go. Let me pray for you as you go today. Lord Jesus, we thank you today, Lord, that as we follow you, Lord, you're going to lead us and guide us. We pray that you continue to watch over us, Lord God, and lead us into 2020 with your blessing and anointing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you as you go today. Come forward if you need prayer or you'd like uh, to receive a copy of this. God bless.